God's grace and God's mercy. That's not, not getting the stuff that we deserve. That's mercy. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. God's grace, getting what we don't deserve. His mercy, not getting what we do deserve. And his peace. That's the result of getting grace and mercy. Those are yours in our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. We're going to look at today's New Testament reading. I'd like to just lift up again verse 10 from Galatians chapter 6. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. Let's pray. Father in heaven, may these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You who are our strength, our rock, our redeemer. Amen. Well, I, I hope that you won't consider me to be some kind of a, a grammar snob for what I'm about to say and, and share with you, okay? Whenever I'm in a conversation with someone and, and I ask them, uh, about something maybe that's happened to them or something that they did with someone else. And then that person begins to respond to that by putting themselves first and saying, well, me and him went there. Or me and him, we did that. I kind of inwardly cringe when I hear that. And I hear it often. I hear it a lot from my grandkids. And whenever I hear it from my grandkids, I correct them. I tell them, grammatically, you always want to put the other person first. And then I go on to tell them, also when it comes to living out our faith in Jesus, that's what we want to do. Jesus calls us to put the other person person first. Me first. Is there some place in your life where you are guilty of that? Maybe in your marriage. Maybe in your family. Maybe it's, it's where you work. Is there some place that you are guilty of, of me first? Not, not grammatically, but in real and everyday life. And on this eve before we celebrate the fourth, and we celebrate the independence and the freedom we have as citizens of this country, is there any of that me first attitude that has crept into how you live out your citizenship? That sense of entitlement that seems to be so prevalent in our society today. My right. My right. Any of that crept into your life, in you? Me first. 
not only does it, at least to my ears, not sound pretty at all, but when you see it in real life, it doesn't look very good either. See it in some of the lives of the people whose lives make up the story of the Bible. I suppose we could first back up to, to Eve and then to Adam for an example of me first and what that looks like. What was the devil's temptation to them both? Me first. You'll be like God. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows when you eat of the fruit of the tree, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Me first. It sounded good, looked good, tasted good. But in the end, it did not end up being good. How about with Abraham and, and Sarah when they were in a faraway country and Abraham, out of fear for King Abimelech, told Sarah, who was his wife, to say, I'm his sister. Me first. How, how could you do that to your wife? To just save your own skin. Abraham, me first. King David would be another example. Look at what he did. Look at what he did to Bathsheba, me first. Worse yet, look at what he did to Uriah, her husband. Me first. That's what me first looks like in real life. Here's a classic one. You probably maybe guessed or had a hunch that sooner or later I would get around to this one. The Lord's disciples. From Mark chapter 9. They came to Capernaum. When Jesus was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, If anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and servant of all. Now, as I thought about how Jesus reacted and responded to his disciples and their outright selfishness and self-centeredness, there were two questions that came to my mind. The first one was this. Why was Jesus so calm in dealing with the disciples and their me-first attitude? So calm as he deals with it. Why? And the other question is, is that still how Jesus deals with us today when he finds us in a me-first place in our lives? Here's why I think Jesus responded in the calm, gracious manner that he did. He was simply in those moments living out who he was 
and why he had come. Start with these words of Jesus to his disciples. In yet another time when they had been talking about who was first, Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And now listen carefully to what Jesus next said. Something that Paul wrote about Jesus as Jesus in Philippians, as Jesus prepared to enter into our world and enter our lives by leaving his throne on heaven. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Why did Jesus respond to the disciples in the manner in which he did? In order to be their savior. In order to teach them and show them who he is and what he had come for. And that also meant living it out before their very lives. One more scripture in this regard. I am sure that you have heard it suggested of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in the great love chapter that wherever you see the word love in that chapter, instead put in the name of Jesus and it reads and flows beautifully. Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not boast. Jesus is not proud. Jesus is not rude. Jesus is not self-seeking. Jesus is not easily angered. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. You could sum all of that up, I believe, by simply saying that Jesus was not into being me first. And that's why Jesus responded to his disciples in the way that he did with regards to their argument about who was first. He was simply living out God's grace and God's love in those moments. And in that reaction, and in the scriptures that I've shared, we have the answer to the second question I posed. Does Jesus still deal with us as calmly and graciously today when he catches us in our me first moments? And the answer is yes. Okay. So what does all this have to do with Galatians chapter 6 verse 10? Therefore, we, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Well, let's back up one more verse to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and read that. And then I'll try to answer the question of what all I have said thus far has to do with Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, and our lives, and the 4th of July, and our being citizens of this great and this free and blessed country we call America. 
Verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Take all of the things that I said a few moments ago about Jesus and why he reacted to the disciples and the way in which he reacts during their me first moments. All he said, said and all he did in those moments really comes back to this. He cared about the harvest. He wanted the harvest of souls at the last day to be as great and bountiful and plentiful as it possibly could be. He did not want even one soul to be lost. That's why he responded in the way that he did and why he still responds in the way that he does. It is out of his concern for the harvest. And that's why he calls you and me to live in such a way as to put others first. It's all for the sake of the harvest. It's so that when Jesus Christ comes again, heaven will be as full as it can possibly be of your family members and your friends and your neighbors and your communities. That's why we are encouraged to do good to all people. That's why the kind of citizens we are matters. How we use our freedoms that we have in this country, how we use our rights that we have been given in this country, and I think it's good for us to note that the rights are given to us, okay, is to be to serve others, to be people of grace. In the words of Jesus, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let us not become weary in doing good also known as putting others first, minimizing, seeking to control that me-first urge that lives in all of us, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, maybe you're thinking and wondering this about those words, even as I did kind of sounds like Paul is encouraging a little bit of me first there. A little bit of a show of favoritism in terms of the good we do. Notice what he said. Do good to all people, but especially to the members of the household of faith, the family of believers. Is that some form of me first favoritism that Paul is subtly encouraging there? I don't think so. I think what's happening here is that the Holy Spirit is giving us the starting point for putting others first. And our starting point is here. 
with our church family, with the family of faith. Just as our starting point, my starting point for taking care of, of people is my family. And then reaching out, so also our starting point is here. To build each other up with the good things that we do for one another so that when we leave this place, we are ready and prepared to do good unto all people. So, and, and, and a great word of, of focus, a great word of encouragement. Listen to what Jesus once said. Now he's talking again about the harvest. Matthew chapter 25, separating the sheep from the goats. And the sheep, the believers, after Jesus lists all the good things that they had done in their life, and they're asking, well, when? When did we do these good things? And Jesus says simply this, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for the least of one of these, my brothers, you did it for me. He's the one we live for, isn't it? Yeah. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.